G'day friends, welcome back. Round three, the AFLW is all done and dusted, finishing up today, Monday, not Sunday, something different. Um, unfortunately, another pretty one-sided round, one absolute ripper of a game on Saturday, which I'll get into, but yeah, another pretty one-sided round of footy, which is unfortunate, but there's still plenty to unpack, so let's get into it. So the first game back on Friday was a low-scoring one, but it was actually still pretty exciting, um, mainly because the Bulldogs are just really watchable. So it was Geelong. Excuse me. So it was Geelong going down to the Bulldogs by fifteen points. Um, low-scoring one. Both sides pretty inaccurate. Bulldogs kicked three goals. Six wasn't raining or anything like that. It was just one of the low-scoring matches we get sometimes. Yeah, look, Geelong, I think they are the side in the league that is struggling the most, unfortunately. I can't see them winning a game this year, but they'll they'll get there. All the teams that are down the bottom of the ladder will get there. Um, yeah, they just, unfortunately, haven't quite got the, you know, the mix. They haven't quite got the recipe right to be able to win games just yet, but they'll get there. The Bulldogs... When they lost to St Kilda in round one, a lot of people were like, gee, are these guys actually going to be the, you know, the finals team that everyone expected? In the last two weeks, they sort of rectified that off the back of Ellie Blackburn. Their skipper, she's probably the best player in the league right now. If not, she is definitely the best kick. Oh my word. Like... She kicks the ball better than a lot of the boys do. Her like the, the ability to not just hit a target, but to kick the ball into space perfectly. She did it a number of times on Friday night. She is a perfect, precise, surgical kick of the football. What great players do is not just do great things on their own. But they bring their teammates into the game. And that's what she does. If she kicked it and her teammates would have to work to get for it, she's not bringing them into the game. But she kicks it so well that they can't do anything but mark it. So she brings them into the game. She is such a bloody good player. Like, she's great in all aspects. She's very quick. She breaks the line. But her kicking is sublime. At the moment, as far as I can tell, she's the best player in the league. Absolute ripper. Yeah, Bulldogs winning that one. Not super convincingly, but they were, you know, although there was a bit of sort of excitement there in that last quarter when the game wasn't quite sealed up. Um, 
yeah, I don't think they really were ever going to lose that game. All right, on to Saturday. Um, a, you know, pretty dull game, this one, between the Giants and the Suns. Giants winning 2-6-18 to the Suns, 1-2-8. Now, I think there was a little bit of rain, but not that much. This is just kind of a, 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 a dull game. I think this was the Giants' first win for the year. Yes, it was. So they're, they're sort of, you know, probably around that St. Kilda level, I would say. They're not right down the bottom of some of the worst teams in the league, but they're not going to be, you know, pushing for any top eight spots, I would say. Um, they were, they clearly controlled the game. They had eight scoring shots to three. What's going on with the mic here? Sounds a bit, a bit rough. That's better. Um, eight, eight scoring shots to three. So they were clearly the more dominant side. They just couldn't capitalize. Like they kicked their two goals for the entire game in the first quarter. And then they just kicked behinds for the rest of the game. So... You know, the match was done at quarter time, although we didn't know that. But, um, yeah, just, like, unfortunately, we're still going to get some games like this. But from what I've seen, they be, they are becoming more seldom. These low-scoring, not very exciting games. Um, I believe this one was up in Blacktown, in front of no crowd, perhaps? I'm not sure. Um, yeah. And look, Gold Coast, again, one of those up-and-coming teams. They've got, they got some good players, so they might squeeze out a win, maybe even two, um, before the end of the season. But yeah, they're just another one of those teams that's struggling, and the Giants are one of those teams that are struggling just a little bit less. All right, moving on to the next game, St Kilda versus Carlton. Oh dear, this was the first loss that I'd watched for the Saints girls, where I was legitimately disappointed. There was a lot that went wrong for the Saints in that game. I'll talk about Carlton first. If Ellie Blackburn at the Bulldogs isn't the best player in the league, it's Maddie Presparkas at Carlton. She was the first time I've ever seen, seen her play, like watched a full game of hers. She is a freak. She, like... It seemed like she was playing as a midfielder, but she always seemed to be involved in goal scoring or scoring goals herself. She was always in and under at all the contests, but then I don't know what her stats were, but her score and score involvements would have been through the roof. She was in absolutely everything. She was an absolute monster. I understand why she was the league MVP last year. She is a very, very good player. And it was funny seeing the commentators getting tongue-tied between Press Parkers and Patrikios. <laughs> Patrikios at the Saints, which is kind of funny. <sighs> okay, yeah, look, like, St Kilda, are, you know, this is only their, their second season. They just started in the league last year, but that excuse isn't going to fly for much longer for St Kilda or any of the new clubs, really. Like, I don't know what it was about, like, it was at RACA Park. Yeah, granted, it wasn't in front of a crowd, but that shouldn't make a difference. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was just lots of things that didn't, you know, seem 
right, given how I've seen this team play previously. Like, just, just really odd mistakes and really odd choices by the coaches as well. To have Ray Watt play a blanket role on Taylor Harris makes sense. Like, Harris is very tall, very skillful forward. But Ray Watt was arguably our best player last week, completely shutting down Emma King, who is one of the best ruckmen in the comp. And after after what we have no legitimate backup ruckman. So we really like I don't know, like we like if she hadn't been playing that shutdown role on Harris, who knows what Harris could have done. But we were getting absolutely murdered, eviscerated in the middle. I don't know who Carlton's Rackman is, but she was just smashing the ball 15 metres forward at every single centre bounce. We were immediately conceding a kick, basically, at the start of every centre bounce. It was ridiculous, and I don't know why, but they stuck with Harris at full back and did not move her back into the middle. This was a mistake, a big mistake. I don't know why they didn't, like, like we were still in the game at half time, but we were very, very far from in control. Like, we stuck with the Blues for about a quarter and a half, and then they just started to really dominate. Like, I didn't think we were going to beat them. Like, the Blues haven't been themselves the first two rounds. They've been competitive, but they've lost games that they arguably could have won. Um, I didn't think that we were going to win, but I thought we would have been more competitive. And in that last quarter, when the game was pretty much gone, like some of the efforts from Greiser and some of the other players, just the absolute lacklustre effort. Like, even when a game is lost, you, you never, ever stop trying. When Greiser kicked the ball into the player on the mark with, like, I don't know, like five minutes to go, and the ball ricocheted back in the other direction, and she just stopped and just hung her head. Like, what are you doing? Like, play hasn't stopped. You still chase the ball. The ball's right there, and the Carlton player just took off with it. Like, it was really soft and not at all what I have come to expect. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty disappointing. Um, a shining light, though, one of a couple... To be fair, was Kate Shearlaw second week in a row, absolutely dominating. Her contested mark game was out of control. She, she is now, as as one of the four co co captains, she has come into her own as our, you know, as the other big forward with Greiser. Like, like, she, like, she has hardly been outmarked. In fact, I don't know if she's been outmarked at all in the last two weeks. She's been absolutely sensational. And not just staying in the forward line, she's been playing mostly, not mostly, maybe like around half up on the wing and then pushing forward. Like, it's been a really, really impressive couple of weeks for Kate Sheelaw. So she's doing really, really well. But, yeah, the, the rest of the team, even Patrikios and Smith who, you know, are now expected to be the, you know, heavy contributors through the middle, were just not on. Not on it at all. 
like Rosie Dillon had to do a lot of the heavy lifting. She was working really hard, laying lots of tackles. She was in and under it, got lots of contested possessions, but yeah, I don't know. Like Hannah Priest was good as she always is. Lucas Rod was good again, which she always is when the ball is, you know, in our defensive 50 a lot. She's always very reliable, but gee whiz, I don't know. Like, even though we scored more than we did last week, this felt like one of the worst losses I've watched. Like, as a, as a team, we've only played, what, 11 games in our entire existence. The girls and killed aside, but... Yeah, I don't know. It just felt bad. Like, it felt really, really bad. Anyway. Um, okay, now. On to the best game. Like, some are saying the best game of AFLW that there has been, period. Definitely the best that I have paid attention to, for sure. Melbourne versus North Melbourne. Melbourne getting over the line by nine points, including a goal after the siren, so really only three points. An absolutely thrilling game. This is what I've been waiting for. I've been saying last week and a little bit the week before, I can't wait to see two of the top sides go against each other because this is what we get. Now we know, like, it was pretty much down to North Melbourne and Fremantle, like, right, which, which of these teams is going to lose first? Because they've both been dominating. Melbourne have as well. Melbourne have now won three in a row, undefeated. But North and Fremantle have been really dominant. Now we know that Melbourne... Now we know that North Melbourne, sorry, can be defeated. And it's by this very, very potent Melbourne side. Their ability to score might be the best in the competition. And the reason they're able to score so heavily isn't just that they've got really talented forwards. The reason they're able to score so heavily and, you know, the Kangaroos and Fremantle and these other good teams is their ball movement, right? Their ball movement may not be, like, super precise or, you know, necessarily, you know, following a certain plan every time, but they all have this philosophy that they use most of the time, and that is take grass. Take as much grass as possible, as fast as possible. And that is why we have a combined score for this game of over 110 points, right? Very high scoring for a women's game. That's why it was so exciting. 17 goals kicked also a very accurate game, right? These two sides, their strengths are not their defense. It's their speed and their ability to score quickly, right? This is how, this, like, the, the teams like St Kilda have, have the potential to play like this, but they usually don't because they haven't figured out that that's the best way to play yet, right? For the moment, while not all of the women's players have that elite skill. Like, there is a big difference between an Ellie Blackburn and then the average AFLW player. They're all professional, obviously. They're all the best female football players in the country. But until that gap is smaller between the average and the best, right, the best way to score and therefore the best way to win is to take ground fast, 
get it forward. Don't dick around with it like St Kilda have been doing for the last two weeks. Take grass, for goodness sake. That's why North Melbourne and Melbourne scored so much in this game. The fast ball movement. Don't get me wrong, they have, you know, a structure and a plan that they're following. But, like, that that plan is move the ball forward, right? And the, the, their structure is that there will be someone there when you move it forward, right? That's how it works. They trust each other that they can launch a ball and there's going to be players there ready to collect it, right? That, like... That's where this competition can get to. And it was a bloody fantastic game to watch. Like Melbourne, you know, getting out a little bit ahead sort of through the middle of the game and then North Melbourne fighting back and getting so close and then Melbourne just being able to hang on. Like it was an excellent, excellent game. And that that um, Karen Paxman from Melbourne, she can play. She's another really bloody good player. I mean, there was plenty of them on show in that game, but that's just, you know who came to mind. Um, yeah, both, both teams, like Melbourne got the win, but both of these teams showed here. Melbourne kicked, kicked nine goals, six. Kangaroos kicked eight goals, three. All right, both high scoring, both pretty accurate. They both showed why they're two of the top teams in the comp. I cannot wait to see more of these top teams play each other. Like Melbourne playing Fremantle? When's that going to happen? Hasn't happened already, has it? No, that wasn't. No, that hasn't happened yet. Who've they... No, Frio have got Gold Coast next week. And Melbourne have got the Bulldogs. That should be a good game, actually. And we don't know beyond that, unfortunately. But yeah, I can't wait for more games like this. I can't, like, especially in the finals... God, I hope the finals don't get stopped because of COVID again. The finals are where, like, this this comp is going to be able to show off what it's capable of, and that's really exciting. This game between Melbourne and North Melbourne was a great showcase of what, you know, this women's comp is capable of. All right. Next game, this was another shellacking, and this one was not good. This one was also kind of surprising because I didn't know that Adelaide were kind of heading in this direction. So Fremantle defeated Adelaide, who so far have been the best team in the AFLW since its inception. Freo defeated them 7 goals 1, 43, to 1 goal 7, 13. The same number of scoring shots, but a 30-point difference. And Fremantle have now showed that they are bloody well the team to beat. They, like I said before, with the ball movement and the scoring and such, Fremantle do it the best. They have the best team, and it's going to be interesting to see if anyone can defeat them. Finals are different. Finals are always different. Anything can happen. But during the season, are they going to go undefeated? They're looking pretty on top of shit right now. They've actually won their last 10 games in a row, I've just remembered. Since the start of last season, they've gone undefeated. So they are on a real hot streak. 10 games in a row, real hot streak. Don't know what's happening with Adelaide, though. I thought they were 
I thought they were pretty hot shit themselves, but one goal seven, they looked really, really, they looked a bit lost. Like, that's what that play style can do to some teams. If you're just fast and confident and you put on scoreboard pressure, you can rattle even good teams. Yeah, Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide won last week and the week before. They were going really well. They smashed West Coast and they smashed the Giants. So, yeah, I don't know what happened this week. Anyway, all right, moving on to the next game, which was not a bad game, actually. Um, Collingwood getting over Richmond by 17 points, but a little bit higher scoring, which I do like to see. Collingwood are yet another one of those teams who play that fastball moving and therefore high scoring style of game. And it works and it's really nice to watch. They've also now won three in a row, undefeated this year. How far are they going to be able to go? I don't know, but they are a team that's really got it together. They don't have, you know, they don't have, I mean, they've got some very good players, but they don't have a superstar like a Blackburn or a um, Presparkis, um, at least not that I'm aware of yet. They might have a superstar who I'm not thinking of, but they're just a very good team and they play a very good team brand of football. Richmond were very good as well. My highlight from this game, Richmond have a player named, I think it was Abby Seymour. She took a mark about 10 metres, 10, 15 metres out um, in front of goal. And when she took the mark, she was absolutely wrapped for herself. She did this big fist pump. She got this big smile on her face. She was ecstatic. The girls have an honesty that I think the boys don't have. The boys are a bit too cool to really sometimes show how they feel about, you know, the result of a game or even of just a marking contest. It's not that the girls are unprofessional at all, that's not what I'm saying, but they have an honesty and an excitement that is just so nice to see. They are so proud and so thrilled to be able to play AFL on a national level in a women's competition. They are honoured and just absolutely ecstatic, and you can see it sometimes on their faces or when something like this happens. All she did was take a good... Granted, it was a good contested mark, but she was wrapped, and then she went back and kicked the goal. It was so nice to see. It just makes you feel good. You feel good for them. Makes you excited to watch these games. Like when you know there's going to be that level of enthusiasm. It's really, really good to see. But yeah, as I was saying, this is another like pretty good game. You know, large-ish margin, but it was still a good game to watch. And Richmond being able to fight back a little bit um, in the last quarter was good as well. Rich Richmond, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see when Richmond and St Kilda do play each other this year. But I think Richmond and St Kilda are about on par at the moment they're both teams that we knew at the start of last year but they're they're just like they're just going all right like they're not winning really like there's been one game one between the two of them this year the St Kilda in round one but they're both going all right like they're not being completely dominated for four quarters every week like they're being competitive so yeah I think they think they're going all right Okay, last game. Game that wrapped up 
uh, this evening. Brisbane getting over line against the Eagles by 45 points. Oh dear, oh dear. Brisbane, yet again, uh, one of those very dominant sides. This is an interesting game. A very, very even contest until halftime. And then Brisbane were like, nah, we're, we're, um, we're going to win this game big and go home and sleep well in our beds. Um, how many goals did they kick? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven unanswered goals after half time. That is pretty, this is pretty serious demolition, if you ask me. Brisbane have been as dominant as Fremantle or Melbourne or North. They don't seem to, I mean, there isn't a lot of media about the AFLW, but they don't seem to get the notoriety that those other teams do. I don't know why, but Jake Brisbane are just as scary as Fremantle, for sure. If you ask me, they have that scary duo up forward in Davidson and Wardlaw, who are just demolition machines. They're, they're the two big forwards that Brisbane have got up there. Especially Davidson, she's an absolute beast. That that little that absolute needle threading goal that she kicked, it might have been the first or second quarter, was an absolute beauty. She didn't even need to do a banana. She just kicked the drop punt with about a centimetre on either side of the ball to work with. Absolutely perfect. Brisbane are going red hot. West Coast were, you know, pretty alright as well. But like I said, they hung in with them for for the first half. And they even, I think they kicked like the first, they had like the first six scoring shots of the game. I think they kicked like one goal five before Brisbane were able to score. So, you know, if they hadn't squandered their opportunity so much, they could have really had the game all tied up with that early dominance. But, um, yeah, West Coast, another one of those real young teams who's going okay, just okay. Not doing anything, you know, too awful, I would say. They, they, you know, they're going all right. They've got, they got some potential, as they say. All right, that is it for this week, guys. Um... Melbourne back in lockdown. Unfortunately, only a couple days left for the left of it though. Dan, I beg you, do not extend it, please. Five days will be enough. We're all good. Alright? We're all gonna behave ourselves, we promise. Um also I'd really like to be able to go to the footy on the weekend. Have not been able to go yet this year. I'd really like to be able to go. Yeah. Alright. Like I said, thanks heaps for listening, guys. Remember to like, subscribe, follow, review, comment, all those snappy, fast social media words. Do all of that. I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate all the all the support that I do get very, very much. Um, yeah, I'll catch you guys next week for another AFLW review. Bye.